know, I never specifically ask for purple Gatorade, but if it's in the cooler, I'm grabbing it. Orange is my go-to. If it ain't cold, it's a problem, but as long as it's cold, it hits just right when you're thirsty. Am I crazy, or does Gatorade taste better when you drink it out of this crazy sports cap thingy they got? You know, lemon lime is the OG flavor. It's the first flavor Gatorade ever made. I never tried the white one before. I'm sad I waited this long. In the future, if I ask for a blue Gatorade, I mean this one. I like the darker blue one. I didn't say the dark blue was a bad flavor. I just want it known that Glacier Freeze is the superior blue. You know, there's actually three blues. There's one kind in the middle of those two called Cool Blue. That's my favorite blue. Also, real quick. To the people in charge of mixing the Gatorade powder in the big orange coolers at sporting events, it is imperative that you use more powder than you think is needed and that you stir longer than you think is needed. It's hot out there. I'm trying to be refreshed. I'm not trying to drink this slightly tangy water with big chunks of powder in it. Help me out over here. Thank you in advance. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, January 19th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory and alongside me, as always, that's Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to Tassie, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. And last but not least, making the magic happen. Over yonder, two super producers, JD and Eshwa Kid. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Hey, yeah, yeah. Good to have you back, Eshwa. All right, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like the vid and subscribe. Comment away there with the stream team. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. And hey, if you haven't already, check out yesterday afternoon's NBA Reddit podcast. Some great Reddit threads that we uh, dissected and debated. We talked about whether the Wolves and Hawks could make like a Kings Pacers like trade where they maybe could uh, benefit both teams. We got into which current superstars might be forgotten 20 years from now. And at the end of that podcast, uh, a lively debate about whether we could beat any of the top 75 guys one on one. Um, and that continued into last night's uh, watch party on playback, where uh, Trey boldly said he thinks he could take Magic Johnson in a game of one-on-one. Mm. <laughs> if I got a hot shooting night, if the jumper's on, it's competitive. Wow, wow. And I don't know if Magic wants to step out, because I'll blow right by him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Magic, if you're uh, listening or watching, uh, tweet at us. <laughs> Let's uh, hear what you have to say. You like to pull up your shirt. And say brownies. Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, but you could do some trash talk and call them cookies. Oh, there it is. Oh, I like that. That's the type of stuff you're going to get live in Salt Lake City, people. Come join us Friday, February 17th, 8 p.m. local time at the Urban Lounge uh, over All-Star Weekend, which is uh, not that long from now, guys. Less than a month, we're going to be doing a live show in Salt Lake City. Go get your tickets. The uh, link is available there in the comment section of this video, in the YouTube section, and in the podcast description. Hope to see you out there if you can make it. Okay, we got lots to get to. We're going to get to some uh, hypothetical trades from Bobby Marks, and we're going to grade those trades that he's come up with and basically get into a who says no type of situation. But before that, let's recap last night's games with a little what you got. What you got? So let's start at the top of the West. Two teams picking up more wins here in 2023. The Grizzlies can't lose. They're still perfect in the calendar year. Steven Adams with the tip-in winner and then some Dylan Brooks defense uh, got the Grizzlies their 11th win in a row against the Cavs. And then a little bit later, we had Murray, we had Jokic helping the Nuggets get past the Timberwolves 122-118. A fun game down the stretch in that one. So the question here, the what you got, Tass, who is the best in the West? Is it the Grizzlies or the Nuggies? What you a, got? A great debate. I would take Denver. Okay. Uh, and they both have holes. The Nuggets, I think, going under the radar here that they've got the 18th best defense in the league. Right, right, right. When you go into the playoffs, historically, you got to have a top 10. In both on both sides of the ball, if you're going to win the championship, I think they can pick it up on that end. But they've got holes. Michael Porter Jr. You can go at him. Uh, you can stretch out Jokic. He's got to guard a lot of, of area out there. Uh, but the Grizzlies on the other side, can they score enough when teams get back on defense? They're they're in the top ten on offense, but. It'll be interesting to see them against a top 10 defense. You saw what he did, what Desmond Bain did. I think he's sort of key uh, last night. Monstrous game uh, against the Cavs' monstrous front line. But these two games, Cavs-Grizz, 
Wolves Nuggets were both awesome. They were mm-hmm. both fantastic. In both games, the teams that we're talking about here, the Grizzlies and Nuggets, should have lost. They should have gone home with big, big L's. I thought the Wolves played an incredible game without Gobert and Towns and just couldn't get it done in the end. 0 for 6 in the last 250, two turnovers, outscored 9 nothing. Uh, and they lost a four-point game. That was the ball game right there. But you saw their young guys, Jaden McDaniels. You saw Nas Reed out there with a gorgeous spin move in the fourth quarter. This guy's proving that he should be a starting center for a team next year. He's making under $2 million bucks. They've got Gobert there. They've got Towns there. Somebody's got to pay that guy. They were so, so deep. And, and I think that performance against the Nuggets team where they should have won, it shows they're not going to blow it up. As much as we we love talking about it, we've got a Wolves proposed trade, which is a little bit more of a tinkering trade later on. They're not going to blow it up. They're just they're playing too well. Uh, but I, I think the Nuggets can play a little bit better defensively. And this Grizzlies team against the Cavs team that gave it away at the end uh, with a with a five second inbound call, five second violation. You don't see that with twenty five seconds left on the clock. Mm. They, they had the ball. Up one, could have won this game, mm-hmm. and should have won this game. You don't see that very often. Uh, but the, the Cavs, huge, huge front line. That's a tough uh, matchup for John Morant. That, that's he doesn't want to stand out there and and fire away threes. So when those two dudes and Mobley and uh, Jared Allen are in there, it's that's tough sledding for them. But Bain was carving them up. He was doing a good job, and uh, it it was a great matchup of. I think you know two teams will be will be watching here for a long time. We celebrated our 17th anniversary of No Dunks yesterday. If we celebrate a 25th anniversary, we'd probably still be watching the Cavs and Grizz go. Oh, wow. Yeah, I hope so. I gave it a round number of 25. Eight years from now, whatever. I, I think we we could see we could see Mobley's uh, on one side. We could see Morant's on the other side because these two teams are be going at it for a long time. It was a blast watching that game, watching the Grizz in their. Uh, their city edition jerseys that give tribute to the rap music of uh, of Memphis, and we learned yesterday while we we're uh, watching playback that Leon Wood, referee Leon Wood, his favorite musician is hip hop. Yeah, no. yeah, his yeah. favorite musician can't, can't pick is hip hop. So it's a genre, it's all good. They don't have a city edition floor, which is weird. Uh, but yeah. anyway, uh, that was that was a great night, and no Mitchell for for the Cavs. So seeing Garland do his thing in the fourth quarter. The future was bright, but I think both teams should have lost. Both teams have holes, and the Western Conference is slightly open because they both have holes. What do you got? Best in the West. Is it the Nuggets? you agree with Tass ultimately there, or uh, can you make the case for the Grizzlies? You can make a case for the Grizzlies, but it's the Nuggets. They got a two-time MVP. They've been to a conference finals, and their defense is actually good. Last 15 games, they're sixth in the league defensively for the entire season. They've got the best clutch defense in the league, so it's not a surprise that they would shut down uh, a Timberwolves team that was a little shorthanded down the stretch. Uh, Does that hold up in the playoffs? Maybe, maybe not, uh, but Jokic is a proven playoff performer. I do think his rep is a little bit down right now because of the way uh, that the Nuggets have gone out of the last two playoffs. They got swept by the Suns. They got beat by the Warriors 4-1, to one, shorthanded both times, yeah. but that comes down on Jokic. Uh, so he's got to hope to have a healthy team around him and hope that their defense can actually hold up in the postseason. I'm a little more worried, actually, about the Grizzlies in the postseason because I think it'll be tough to play Steven Adams for a long time. There will be teams that can play him off the floor. And in that case, I don't necessarily know that the Grizzlies have a small ball option because they'll go Ja, they'll go Bain, they'll go Dylan Brooks, they'll go Jaron Jackson Jr. The question is, who's that last guy? John Conchar, Zaire Williams would be probably their in-house uh, solutions to that problem, but an OG Ananobi, a McDaniels, a Crowder could all fill that role for them. And I think they need it because... When it comes to the playoffs, there are less foul calls, and that's a big reason the Grizzlies are an efficient offense is because John Morant just throws his body into the lane and gets a lot of foul calls. That happens less often in the playoffs, but the thing that's interesting about the Grizzlies, they're 31-0 this season when they get a 10-point lead in games. They have 31 wins this season, so they can win some of these blowout games. They had a huge lead last night. They blew it, but then they got a very Grizzlies win, I thought, getting a defensive play. From Jaron Jackson Jr., DPOY candidate, getting an offensive rebound tip in from Steven Adams, best offensive rebounder in the game, and then getting a block from Dylan Brooks, another guy they're pitching as defensive player of the year, and honestly, incredible defense on Brooks from Garland. He took away his sidestep three twice on the same play. Garland went for it for the first time. Brooks was right there, had to pass it off, got it back, tried it again, block job. Good stuff for the Grizzlies to get the win. Good stuff for uh, for Denver to get the win. Their last 15 games, Nuggets are 13-2. 
Grizzlies are twelve and three. Jeez. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in in twenty twenty three, I tweeted this morning. Grizzlies haven't lost. They're perfect nine and zero here uh, in the new calendar year. And the Nuggets have only lost once. They're nine and one. Uh, the Thunder are incredibly seven and two, along with a couple other teams uh, in twenty twenty three. But they've only played once. These two teams. I just checked it. Grizzlies and Nuggets. You know, being at the top of the West. Uh, it was right before Christmas. Nuggets took care of business. They won 105-91 in that game. And I'm like, all right, when do, the, when do these two teams play next? Let's go. Let's get a game before the All-Star break. Not happening. They play right after the All-Star break, so on February 25th, and then soon after that on March 3rd. Unfortunately, they only play three times uh, this season. But, you know, that, those are important games if these two teams are tied at the end of the year. Obviously, the Grizzlies, having lost the first one, would need to win the next two for that tiebreaker. But... Those should be good. Hopefully they're yeah, at, at full strength because uh, these teams are they're rolling. Right yeah, now. they're rolling, and it makes sense that the last 15 games that both have gotten it going because they both started the season with uh, injuries to key players. Yeah, and yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain for the Grizzlies, Jamal Murray coming along for the Nuggets, and Michael Porter was out. So it makes sense that they have been uh, a better defense the last 15 games. And that, that's probably a, a truer... Um, Example of what they will be in the playoffs. They should be a great playoff team. I think the the Nuggets are clearly the favorite. The Grizzlies have to figure out a half-court offense against strong defenses. They get points in the fast break. They get points in transition. They get points off fouls, as Trey mentioned. Good problems to have, though. Those are the top two favorites, uh, easily, uh, in the Western Conference. And uh, some credit to John Morant. I was trying to find it in my notes here from all of our shows, but I remember I said it, because I read it, that he said, when they were struggling a little bit earlier in the year, he's like, it's all right, we're going to rip off a win streak. He, like, called a shot here. And basically they did this at the exact same time last year where they went on this uh, 11-game win streak. Last year they're doing it again now. Uh, so he saw it coming. He's like, once we get our guys back, I mean, we're going to be a problem. And they have all the confidence in the world, this team. And uh, he's right. 11 straight here and haven't lost so far in 2023. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, I'm going to put a couple games together, hit you with a question and what you got. We had the, uh, Trey Young and the Hawks beating Luka Doncic and the Mavs. With dad sitting courtside there for uh, Luca, uh, one thirty to one twenty-two. That's the Hawks' fourth straight win. We had the Kings beating the Lakers, one sixteen, one eleven. That's Sacramento's fifth straight win. I believe they're up into the third spot right now in the Western Conference standing. Sacramento is, and then we had the Thunder. They're so hot they beat the Pacers, one twenty-six, one hundred six, for their fourth straight victory. And like I said, seven and two now here in the calendar year. So, what's the more impressive? Or the most, I guess I should have said. Most impressive win streak. Hawks, Kings, or Thunder? What you got, Trey Kirby? Uh, gotta give love to the Hawks, to be quite honest. Okay. Uh, the way they've steadied the ship a little bit right here, I think is really nice. They beat the best team last night, uh, if you're looking at the opponents here. And they caused a whole lot of turmoil for the Dallas Mavericks, uh, which I think <laughs> gives them a little bit of a bump for me. I like that every Hawk that played double-digit minutes last night scored double-digit points. I love seeing Trey Young feeding DeJounte Murray uh, in the fourth quarter. He realized that Murray had it going, 11 points, four of six shooting, and just kept going to him rather than trying to monopolize the offense and be the only scorer out there. Also got to the line, knocked down some free throws uh, in the fourth quarter. Did Trey Young. They look a little bit more like a team rather than a collection of players trying to figure each other out right now. They're on the same page for right now. They are playing decent basketball. They're back over 500. I think the Hawks pulling off that win last night and looking like an incredible offensive team, sending the Mavs into a bit of a tailspin, getting them called out by Jason Kidd. I think that's all great stuff for the Hawks, especially considering it's always like a measuring stick game when it's Trey versus Luka. So to show up in a win like that, I thought was huge. And for Trey to play a good game and kind of just be a point guard out there rather than the heliocentric guy that we're used to. Yeah, in a game that's on national TV against Luka, the guy he was traded for to be third in shots on his team. It's a great sign. Mm-hmm. They're looking like a different team. They have responded to all of these reports uh, about the front office, and they're doing this sort of media tour. Their front office I'm speaking about specifically, Landry Fields, along with new assistant GM Kyle Korver going out there, kind of trying to uh, yeah, just stem the tide, just quiet everybody. It's weird to see a front office do a media tour, but... On the court, they have responded big time. Four straight, it's uh, a new team. I mean, it really looks like you, it. You said last night on playback that uh, the Hawks got you. You're all back in on them. Like, you believe yeah. in them, like, uh, maintaining at least some success here. For Let's the roll. Half of the season. Let's roll. I think they can. I think they can. What uh, What is their upcoming sked? Because I think when we were talking, Trey mentioned that 
they do have a bit of a lighter sked here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. They got an easy home schedule coming up, but they do go on a road trip from January into February, which will be a big test yep. for the Hawks. Five game road trip. I'm in. I'm in. I'm into. Uh, yeah. T- there's there's got to be a team in the East that jumps up the standings a little bit. Um, so they did this two years ago. They started poorly. Lloyd Pierce was fired. Nate McMillan came on board. Things got right. They look like an entirely different team. They they look so good. It helps that DeAndre Hunter has the has the obligation of, of guarding Luka Doncic in this one as his primary guy. Like mm-hmm. that that was a nice matchup for them. Sometimes uh, if DeAndre Hunter is out, they they kind of get screwed in that department. There's usually the, a big guard on the other side, uh, but. Yeah, it's interesting on the other side. While we were watching on playback, you, you saw uh, Sasha Doncic there, and you you kind of you know conflated or, or combined that report that was going on out there that Luca wants help. Right. He declined it. Now Sasha Doncic is sitting courtside with Mark Cuban. Is <laughs> is that a coincidence? Yeah, I think it's a coincidence. But yeah. you but you kind but you kind. <laughs> well, I mean, probably is. Yeah. But it's odd timing, is it not? Here, where the Mavericks are struggling, reports that Luca needs help, wants help. Cuban saying not true at all, and uh, suddenly Dad sitting courtside. <laughs> yeah, but he has to fly for Mister Incredible. Uh, he flies from a long way away. It's not like he's coming from his house twenty minutes away. He's coming from. He didn't ride the horse over. Uh, are they have a horse in the fam? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do the Doncic's have horses? I have no idea. I just assume everybody has, in Eastern Europe has horses. Oh, I I, okay. Do they? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> uh, but no, I don't think he's there for that reason. But uh, Luca's right, by the way. He he does need help. Whether <laughs> these reports are true or not, I don't care if it's Luca asking for the help. If it's his dad, if it's his uh, horse cousin, horse. Yeah, he does. Could be a cousin. This team name. is this team. This is not good here. I mean. Hell, they basically have the same record as the Hawks, who we've shit on all season long. Uh, the Mavericks do, right? Does he have a cousin named Horst? That's a name. Oh, uh, it's that. possible. Uh, in Germany, there's lots of Horsts, not the animal. Uh, any love for the Kings and Thunder here, too, on their win streaks? <laughs> I mean, the Kings won without DeMontis Sabonis. Hell yeah, they did. Yeah. Fox was yeah. money again. And he had an illness, they say. They're up to third place, like you said. And you just got to imagine that... De'Aaron Fox heard the show. He said, I don't want to be the most glaring snub out there. Yeah. I've got the second most clutch points of any player in the NBA. It would be a travesty to leave me off this team. So he went out and hung 32 on the Lakers. That's what they played? Yeah, that's yeah. What they played. <laughs> 32 on the Lakers. I didn't write it down. Uh, the biggest highlight I saw from this is Russell Westbrook pulling up for a jump shot, losing the ball, whipping <laughs> off Kevin Herter's chest and catching it. That was wild stuff. But Fox is awesome. That's a, a nice thing to be able to do when you're missing – a huge driver of your offense in DeMontis Sabonis to still have a point guard out there who can go and get your buckets. Good stuff. You yeah. don't see that too often. Guy go up for a three-point shot, it's going to come down for a travel, so he just fires it off a guy's chest awesome. successfully. <laughs> uh, he got the ball right back. That was pretty neat. Uh, but it was a heartbreaker for the, the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, that was a, a, an 8-3 run for the Kings to close the game in a five-point win. LeBron was one for seven in the fourth. Here come the reports that he's tired because they didn't have their second best player. Obviously, Anthony Davis not coming back for a bit. They didn't have their third best player. Austin Reeves, Hammy is bothering him. They don't have Lonnie Walker. I'm not sure what the ranking is on him, but it's difficult when you have such a top-heavy team and you're missing so many guys. So the past three losses, a double OT loss versus the Mavs, a one-point loss to the Sixers, and this loss to the Kings in a five-point game. So... This is these are heartbreakers, uh, and in the standings there, when you got teams like OKC that we'll talk about, there's a lot of teams to overcome for these Lakers. I love that the Sacramento Kings, at least to me, are like a pitcher that's got a, a no hitter going through like six or seven innings, and it's like I don't want to like I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to talk about them. I just want to like sort of ignore them on purpose in order to keep the vibes going and keep that uh, the, the, the wins ra- uh, uh, pe- the, that they're putting together here, keep uh, streaking along. So, you know, I just like, the, I feel like as soon as we start going, all the attention on the Kings, we're, they're going to fall apart. But man, that win without Sabonis against the Lakers is huge. And they're chanting light the beam there in, uh, in LA, obviously some Sacramento fans. Like they are leading their division here. By a couple games uh, over the Warriors. <laughs> <Big division> guy. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, impressive stuff there from the Kings, and looking more and more likely like uh, they're gonna they're gonna hopefully snap that playoff drought. But yeah, them and hey, the Thunder crushing the Pacers, 126 points they hung on them. Their offense on fire right now. 
uh, and and they want to get into that play-in tournament or maybe even get up even higher because so uh, congested there in the standing. So good stuff there from uh, both those teams. Will OKC be buyers? Sounds stupid. Mm. But 21 days from now, they got so many picks. Go for it, baby. Go for what? Go, go yeah, get a star. No, I mean, they're going to make the play-in tournament without having to do anything. I think they're just good right now. Yeah. Seven and three in their last ten. Shea Gilgis Alexander's numbers are kind of ticking down a little bit, but it's because Josh Giddy's playing incredibly yep. well. In the last ten games, they're both. I think Shea's at twenty-seven a game. Giddy's at twenty a game with like another eight assists or something like that. They had forty-one assists on forty-seven makes last night. They passed the ball like crazy, and none of the teams chasing them are consistent at all. Like yeah. you don't really believe that Minnesota or Portland's going to get it together in the second half and bypass the Thunder. The Thunder know what they're doing. The only chance they miss the play-in, I'm convinced at this point, is if they shut their guys if down. If they want to, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I, I don't think they – I feel like they won't do that this year. My, my Doesn't feel like that. It. Like, you're like, come on. You know, the, the like these these are good re- – also, get into the playoffs and get a playoff experience for all of these young guys. Even it was if good you, for the Grizzlies. You lose. Right, right. Uh, all right, final one here. We had Bam scoring 26. He beat the Pelicans 124-98. Blowout. Lowry Markkinen, he returned to help the Jazz destroy the Clippers. And then Jason Kidd, you know, he's ripping the Mavericks defense after that third straight loss, as we talked about with the Hawks taking care of business there in Dallas. So I want you to tell me, who's down worst? The Pels, the Clips, or the Mavs? What you got, Tasmos? It's the Clips. Uh, I, I'm, I'm done. You're uh, done? Yeah. <laughs> We're at a point here of the season where these guys have to play, um, and they just decided not to. There's no, there's no real in Kawhi injury. And Paul George, yeah. Yeah, both of them uh, against against the Jazz and and Larry Markkinen literally ripped them apart. Larry Markkinen is going to have a great dunk compilation at the end of the yeah. season, and he was doing it in each and every way. Just watch his highlights from this game. Pick and roll to start. Got the touch, you know, from the you know the five to eight foot range. He got blocked one time. Went right back up. He's got the hooks. He's got the three-point shot, obviously. He is seven feet. I think it's easy to forget with the way he shoots the ball. And he's got the the three-point shot where he doesn't bring it down either. Uh, So it's just difficult to guard that dude. And the Clips don't have a lot of fight. So you have to get it together at some point. And uh, there's the the West is getting it together around the Clippers. Other teams are rising and they are falling. So I think they are the worst off of uh, those three teams. Who are you going with? Uh, I mean, it's tough to say. Uh, The thing that bugs me about the Clippers is that they lost to the 76ers. Paul George says, urgency starts now. We've got guys in and out of the lineup, and then he didn't play against the Jazz. Clowns. This team is a bunch of bozos. Uh, But I think that the Mavericks are down the worst right now just because they're the team getting called out by their coach. Uh, Jason Kidd said, until we put a better effort into playing defense and understanding what we have to do, we're going to score 120, but we're going to give up 130, 140. One night we might give up 150, but we'll be fine because we scored, so it doesn't look bad. They can't play defense with uh, Christian Wood in the starting lineup. They did get Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Greenback, who are defenders who will help. Maxi Kleba says he's coming back before the All-Star break after having surgery on a torn hamstring. Surprising to hear, but he will help their defense. But you got to worry about maybe the Mavericks have been found out a little bit here. That happened to Jason Kidd with Milwaukee. He came. They were a bad defense. Joined the Bucks. Defense went up to number four. The next year, down to number 23. Joined the Mavs. Turned the defense around. Number six last year, down to 25 right now. So I think the uh, helter-skelter style he often plays, trying to force turnovers, it works until the scouting report is out. And the scouting report is out. And last night, it was just the Hawks double-teaming Luka Doncic and saying, somebody else beat us. Yeah. Nobody else in the fourth quarter could do it. And the Mavs couldn't get stops if you're not scoring and you're not stopping the other team from scoring. Tough stuff. Yeah, the injury is obviously uh, a part of that. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith looked bad in his first game back. Uh, and Josh Green, those guys need to be back. They need to be healthy. That's what made them a good defense last year, along with Kleba. That's big. So I think, they're yeah, they, they are down bad. There is no doubt. Uh, but they just have to get some reps in, uh, while the Clippers don't want to get reps in. And... Uh, Who's the third team we talk? Oh, the Pelicans. Another I weird mean, scenario yeah. where they've, yeah, they're they three and seven in their last ten, but obviously no Zion, still no Brandon Ingram. Yeah, that's the odd thing. At least have him back, but uh, the toe has been keeping him out nearly two months. When there's been reports yeah. for like a month that he's been coming yeah. back. Yeah. So very strange scenario. They just need some top end talent. They've hit a bad rut in terms of their schedule mm-hmm. without uh, two of their top three players. So that's a 
problem, but I think can be overcome if their guys are healthy. I guess that's the the question mark. Yeah, it's uh, I do like to see Jalen Rose finally jumping on the uh, f this Clippers team bandwagon. <laughs> uh, I know there was a clip going around yesterday where he's calling out like the urgency should have started <laughs> when Kawhi and Paul George came to L.A. and we're still waiting on them to meet any sort of expectations. But good luck with waiting. Uh, and uh, yeah, I I've said it last night on our playback. I've said it before. TK just said it five minutes ago that it's uh, I have no faith in this team whatsoever. Of these three teams, I mean, actually remove the Pelicans because they have stars coming back, but like, there is so much pressure on the Clippers, of course, and the Mavericks are getting to that level when you have a, a, a player at Luka's cal- uh, caliber to do something here, too. Will they, will they get a little desperate, these teams, to try and shake something up at the trade deadline to salvage their season because their top-end talent is so great that they could go very far in a playoff series. <laughs> they should with Kawhi, PG, or Luka in Dallas's case. I wonder if they will. You'd think the Clippers would have some urgency and they'd care to you know, try and win now, but I don't think they care. <laughs> Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are signed for a billion years beyond this year. They're signed for a long time. So I, I don't see any urgency. Maybe you're saying from the front office, but I don't see any urgency. Yeah, from the Mavs, yeah, I, I could see something happening. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but from the clips, yeah, yeah, we'll be good. Yeah, we'll just get our guys the back. Can we'll be down good. the road a little bit more. Yeah, you just wait until we're healthy next year. We're gonna be a problem. <laughs> we're gonna be year. preseason favorites to win the title. <laughs> uh, the other games last night, just quickly, uh, Lamella Ball got injured again that ankle. Uh, but the Hornets won because they're playing the Rockets. They won one twenty-two, one seventeen. I'm just waiting to see, uh, probably right after we stop recording this podcast, maybe Steven Silas is uh, no longer the Houston Rockets head coach. It's very, very bad there in Houston. And we also had Bradley Beal returning from injury as the Wizards got a victory over the Knicks. Any thoughts on either of those games or those teams involved? LaMelo's got a lot of bad luck this season. He stepped on a foot in the preseason to sprain his ankle, which, you know, is like, that just sucks. But that's one that happens a lot. His second ankle sprain... Stepped on a fan's foot out for a long time, and last night he got his foot stepped on. Yeah, those ones suck. <laughs> the last two are bad. It's like occupational hazard stepping on somebody else's foot, but a fan, and then having somebody step on your foot that sucks. Um, but yeah, twelve straight losses for the Rockets. They've actually lost seventeen of their last eighteen. They shouldn't be the worst offense in the league. No. It's kind of what it comes down to for me when your three best players are all offense first players. Um, but Steven Silas, I think his contract goes through the 2024 season. So it will be a question of, does Tillman Fertitta want to pay a coach to not coach their team? But there's a lot of tension underneath the surface. It certainly feels like with the Rockets, and this is not a team that has shown any cohesion at all this year. I don't like this Wizards team either. <laughs> I mean, this, we're talking about uh, the, the Wizards coming back with Bradley Beal and beating this next team. We'll get into the next segment about what they should be doing, and mm-hmm. they seemingly want to be going for it, which is odd. It's an odd scenario. We've been talking about the Clippers as a team that perennially thinks that they can go for it. The Wizards are in the same boat with a sub-500 team. Uh, so, yeah, they get a victory. Bradley Beal comes back. The Knicks have an off night. But it's it's difficult to rally around this Wizards roster. Yeah, Beal well. looked okay in his return. Oh, sure. I'll give him that. He scored 18 points, 7-11 shooting. Uh, you know, they didn't win a lot of games without him. They went 1-4. and four. Uh, So he gets them the victory last night. Kuzma played well again. Yeah, the big things in that were Randall had a garbage night. <laughs> he was, yes. even if you look at his box score, you're going to be like, it's not that bad, Skeets. It's like, it was bad. A lot of that came like in sort of like garbage time, honestly. And then Mitchell Robinson, man, I keep saying this, but uh-oh, hold your breath because he played nine minutes, left the game, sprained right thumb. And the Knicks are a different team when that guy does not play and like is the backbone of that defense a little bit. So we'll see. Hopefully it's nothing serious. But let's take our first break. When we come back, we will talk about the Wizards, uh, some trade rumors swirling that team, and uh, Bobby Marks with trades he'd like to see. We're going to grade them. Don't go anywhere. All right, according to our guys at The Athletic, the Wizards uh, have had trade discussions with multiple teams centered around Rui Hachimura, the uh, fourth-year forward who is set to become a restricted free agent in July, has drawn interest from several Western Conference teams. <laughs> That's an interesting little part of the East. Not interested. West, no, definitely interested in Rui Hachimura. Um, but yeah, what did you make of this report here from from uh, Shams and Robbins? It feels like a wizardry thing to do. <laughs> to buy into their big boys, to buy into Beal, Porzingis, 
and potentially Kuzma. I think that's the, the biggest thing here because at some point, if you're the Wiz, you got to start selling off your draft picks that you've you've traded uh, because you're going to pay these guys, the, your, your, your top-end talent. So they're 19 and 26, and they feel it feels like they want to re-sign Beal, Porzingis at some point, and Kuzma. If those three guys get paid next year, that's well over $100 million for those three <laughs> for a 19 and 26 team. I understand Rui has not lived up to his potential. Denny Avdia not lived up to his potential to this point. Still, you're way below 500, even with your uh, heavy hitters. So it's it's an odd direction, I think, for the, the franchise. But that's what's been happening for years. Right. So you're saying if the Wizards trade Rui here, it's probably signaling to, to you and other teams like... They want to sign Kuzma, yeah. who is very, so. very, very likely going to decline his $13 million player option for next season, test the market, hey. and uh, yeah, pay $110 million. Fine. Yeah, exactly. Deal, about, Porzingis, and Kuz. About 110. It's a fun headline. This team has three 20-point scores. It doesn't matter. Uh, they're sub-500. Wow, they do. Yeah. <laughs> they do have three 20-point scores. Yeah, Impressive. it's cool. It looks great. Yeah, they're it looks awesome. great. But they ain't awesome. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so should... But how do you feel about Rui Hachimura and his career so far? And is this just, like Tess said, a Wizards-like thing to do? Or they would move off a, a top-10 pick in his uh, fourth year? Yeah, I mean, he was a top-10 pick, but that just because of the draft he was in. I mean, he's going to be 25 at the trade deadline. That's surprising to me that he's that much older than Denny Avdia, so I'm not surprised that Avdia would be the guy that they would choose between those two. You just have to hope it's posturing season for the Wizards, saying that they're going to re-sign Kyle, or Kyle Kuzma going forward because, you're right, you don't want to pay $100 million to have that as your big three. But Kuzma's a guy who's going to be in demand Mm -hmm. uh, at the trade deadline. So maybe they're trying to say, hey, we're going to re-sign this guy. So you better make that offer really, really good because that's not great uh, going forward with that team. But the Wizards, as we know, are a team, they don't tank. They're not down a whole bunch of picks either. They've got a first rounder going to New York, yep. uh, I think, but that's pretty much it. All their second rounders are gone, basically, but at least they got their firsts. So I don't know. If you're if a team is interested in Rui Hachimura, they'll give you a couple second-round draft picks. I think that's fine. He's coming off the bench for them. He's in, had an okay season, but hasn't taken a huge step forward or anything. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with trading Rui Hachimura. He has been underwhelming. Yeah, the problem is... The other guys that they're buying into, I think. Right, right. It's tra- yeah, if it if it's posturing season, good move, good posture. <laughs> uh, but at this point, it sure looks like because of their history that they're gonna pay Kuzma. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, all right, the 2023 NBA trade deadline. It's less than a month away, um, and there hasn't been much trade activity. In fact, there's been one single trade since the season tipped off. Do you remember what the trade was? Noah Vonley. <laughs> That's right. We were doing a stream. Celtics sent Noah Vonley to the Spurs to lower their luxury tax bill, and then Noah Vonley was immediately uh, waived there by San Antonio. That's the only trade we've had. Thankfully, ESPN's Bobby Marks, he's a madman, and he recently identified one trade he would like to see from each team between now and the deadline. I picked a few of our favorites, and we're going to grade them. So let's grade that trade. Yeah. Class is in session. Very nice. Nice penmanship there on that board. Nice Erlenmeyer flask. All right. So, yeah, I just picked a couple of my favorite trades that uh, ESPN's Bobby Marks threw out in his recent articles uh, that he would like to see possibly happen. And we're going to grade them. So, first one, let's start with Miami Heat and the Minnesota Timberwolves. We are swapping some point guards here. The Heat, in this hypothetical trade, would receive D'Angelo Russell and a future second-round pick while... The Timberwolves would receive the Groat, Kyle Lowry, and Dead Man Walking, Dwayne Deadman. So, uh, you know, really here, a Russell for Lowry situation. Who says no or, or, or grade that trade? However you want to go about this. What, what do you got? What are your opinions? I grade this trade. Send it. I'm I don't in. mind it. Yeah. I don't really think that this changes anything for either team, but it might. That's the exciting thing. I think Miami if you're looking at teams in the NBA, might have the best chance of rehabbing a guy like D'Angelo Russell, who is, whose value is pretty low right now. But trade deadline time last season, people were talking Russell up as an important part of the Timberwolves and the way he was quarterbacking their defense. He can get hot from outside. Mm-hmm. He can play make. Those are things that the Heat certainly need. And te- players often succeed in a better culture like Miami's. 
They also get off Kyle Lowry one year early on his deal, which then gives the Heat a chance to chase free agents. They're a team that actually signs free agents. There are about three of them, and Miami is one of them. So I think that's okay uh, for the Heat. Minnesota, it's all about the vibes. They're getting a couple of red-ass guys in Kyle Lowry and Dwayne Dedman who are going to play physical, who are going to yell at the young guys to give effort on the court. Like, Lowry is pretty washed at this point, but he's going to give them what they had in Patrick Beverly last year, which is something they need. Plays physically on the defensive end. And the Timberwolves are kind of soft on the defensive end. So I think it's all right. They're also getting something for D'Angelo Russell when it doesn't really feel like you can get a whole bunch for D'Angelo Russell right now. So you don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It's not an exciting one, but I don't mind it. He's saying, oh, they get worse than this. So this is Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, man, two (laughs) all-stars in this trade. (laughs) I know. That's why I started with the bagger here. And a 2028 second-round pick. (laughs) All right. So he likes it. Yeah, I think Bobby hit it out of the park with this one. I think this is the right move. Basically, with... The Kyle Lowry, you want somebody on the Wolves to do a little bit less than what D'Angelo Russell was doing. So that's perfect. He will do less. He will act as a complimentary piece. Yeah, he's a coach on the floor, basically. Yeah, and, in a good way. And he'll let um, Anthony Edwards do his thing. While with the Heat, you want somebody to do a little bit more. You want somebody to have a little bit more offensive ceiling. Now, the Heat, when they signed Kyle Lowry, wish they wouldn't have to make this deal, but Lowry has not played to his capabilities. Right, right. So that's the problem. Um, they would hope that they wouldn't have to make this deal, but they got a guy with a bit of a higher ceiling in, in, in terms of just offensive output. Can make plays, can potentially get hot, and Lowry hasn't shown that uh, through his year and a half with the Miami Heat. So I think it does make sense uh, on both counts. They're, the Heat are a little desperate. <laughs> they 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 want to make something happen right now while Jimmy's still got the legs and this is an attempt that would uh, would be an attempt they don't need the defense they need the offense so it makes sense okay let's hear from everybody in the stream team the classic who says no or you can grade that trade if you'd like to do that as well these guys they like it Bobby Marks A plus from the guys here at No Dunks with that one at least or at least an A okay next one. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Jay Crowder. He still is on the Suns, so let's get him <laughs> off that team. Um, Bobby has Jay Crowder going to Milwaukee for some wing help there as uh, they try and go get another title where Phoenix would receive Pat Connaughton and Jordan Nuara. What do you think of this one? Obviously, it's not a blockbuster like that last one, <laughs> but Jay Crowder to the box and some pieces coming back that hypothetically could maybe help the Suns. This one, to me, gets an LOL. Because B.O.B. also pitched George Hill and Pat Connaughton for Jay Crowder in the Eastern Conference version of this trade. So he's like, just get Jay Crowder to Milwaukee. It feels like it makes sense. But I wouldn't do this particular trade because the Bucks getting older and slower, I don't think that's the greatest move. Right now, I would say your biggest concerns with the Bucks are obviously health, first and foremost, with Middleton and Giannis missing a little bit of time here. But also, there's just not a team that has a whole bunch of athleticism. Jay Crowder hasn't played in six months. He's not a much better shooter than Pat Connaughton is. I think the key for the Bucks getting better is finding a way to get Jay Crowder without giving up any sort of their uh, any sort of their rotation, and for Connaughton to get back to like at least a league average three-point shooter, if not better, like he has been for the past couple of seasons. So I don't like the idea of the Bucks using their limited trade pieces here to get old and slow because sometimes they look old and slow. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I totally agree. Bad grades for Bobby on this one. Okay. Bad, bad marks, Bobby. I don't, I don't <laughs> like this one. It doesn't really make a, a ton of sense. Milwaukee hits enough three-point shots, if, if that's the angle here. Their last five games... And without Giannis for, for these last four, they've hit 19, 23, 19, 22 without the gravity of Giannis and, and 18 the last game Giannis played. So they don't need Jake Crowder's Right, because, because of Brooke, because of Drew, yeah. because of Allen. They've got enough. Even they've, got, they've got yeah. so many. Uh, and they've already added a, a recently an old man in Joe Ingles to the rotation, yeah, which, true, true. which is good, which is great. Yep. He looks great. Uh, he, he has thrown the ball up to Giannis, but they need more athleticism rather than uh, another oldie. So why get rid of Pat? Even Jordan Wara can get hot, and there's some athleticism there. It's it's you know still more of a long term deal with Jordan Wara, but it doesn't really make sense to me. Doesn't I don't okay. get it? They they want somebody to get downhill, and you're gonna take away Grayson Allen's minutes. I mean I just I just don't I just don't get it. It doesn't really okay. doesn't move the needle. Well, we're not done with Jay Crowder because Bobby Marks is throwing out a hypothetical three team deal. Oh my God, Jerome, do we have the graphic for this? I'm not even sure. Yes, we do. All right. We're going vert. Bobby Marks. (laughs) We're going vert. Says in this hypothetical three-team deal, 
It's with the Spurs, the Suns, and the Knicks. The Spurs would receive Dario Saric, Evan Fournier, and that contract. A 2023 first-round pick by way of Washington, and a 2024 first-round pick from Phoenix. Phoenix would receive Jakob Pertl and Cam Reddish, and the Knicks would receive Jay Crowder and Josh Okoji. I don't think this is that bad, especially it's, you know, it gets difficult when you're doing a three-team deal, but uh, what was your um, take on this one, TK? Oh, I think Bobby's chucking garlic on this one, because <laughs> this is a wild trade. The Spurs would do this, getting yeah. two first-rounders yes. for Pirtle. Yeah. Everybody else doesn't make sense at all to me. Okay, go on. Why? For, for the Suns and the Knicks. I don't think the Knicks should be trading a spare first-rounder for Jay Crowder. That doesn't seem like a, a wise move to me. I suppose they would be paying to get off Evan Fournier, Fournier's contract yeah. is the big thing, but Crowder is not the missing piece for them. Um, Phoenix trading a first-rounder for an expiring center and a non-bucket getter. That doesn't make sense to me. James Jones, not a big draft guy, so they can trade their picks if they want to, but it only makes sense to trade for a, uh, to trade for a guy like Pirtle if they're going to move Aiton. Mm-hmm. Because Pirtle, his contract expires at the end of the season, so it's either a rental or you're going to have to pay him, and then suddenly you're paying $50 million for your center spot. Right. Doesn't make sense. It would have to include this hypothetical, I guess, moving off of Aiden. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're right. Otherwise, okay. Yeah. It doesn't. doesn't so I don't know. This one just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't trade a first round pick for Pirtle or for Reddish. So getting both of them, I guess it's half each. Maybe that makes more sense. But <laughs> but uh, I don't know. This one's a chuck and garlic here. Okay. Yeah, I agree. A plus for the Spurs if they get two first round picks uh, for Jakob Pirtle. Sure. But uh, I agree. Phoenix needs points. They need they need to score, and so Jakob's not that type of guy. And they've got a bunch of guys coming back eventually. Cam Johnson would be in there if you think that Jakob Purtle could play with DeAndre Ayton. I guess there's that possibility that they think that sure, but he'd be taking away minutes from Cam Johnson, who gets points, and and so it doesn't really make sense, even if Phoenix hates draft picks, uh, and and same for the Knicks. I think it makes a little more sense for the Knicks yeah. just to have a veteran Tiny guy day. who fires threes. A first round pick is what everyone's asking for now, so you're asking for a first round pick for Jay Crowder, but that price would come down. So if the Knicks could get him for uh, something else, uh, and and I think. Uh, Bobby is, is taking into account here that the Knicks have a ton of first-round picks this year. Yep. So they'd throw one out to have Jay Crowder on the roster. It's not a it's not a terrible idea, but I think the price can come down. Okay. Uh, let's switch it up here. Let's go to a Hornets-Warriors trade from Bobby. The Hornets receive James Wiseman. Remember him? <laughs> I don't remember that And name. Moses Moody. Okay, so some young guys from the Warriors there in exchange for some help, you know, to go for it again. P.J. Washington, the Chevy Trax of the NBA, Jalen McDaniels, and the plum dog himself, Mason Plumley. <laughs> Let's That's start with you on this much. one, Tass. Uh, too mu- Warriors too much. are giving up too much for, 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 for potential uh, Washington and Plumley reinforcements in the playoffs. I, I think that's too much. Two prospects to have Mason Plumley come in and back up Kevon Looney and just grab some boards at times. That that price is way too high. I think you can find a backup center for something less than that. I mean, you're giving up Mo- Moses Moody, who you think could be a long-term player for their team, as a three and D type guy, and James Wiseman, whose everybody's stock is ridiculously low on. But that's what you're paying for Mason Plumlee and PJ Washington when you have. I know Jermichael Green hasn't really worked out. Um, you've got a cheap Anthony Lamb. They're just paying way too much. Um, I don't really get it. I mean, you got you. You want Jalen McDaniels? You already have Moses Moody. I just I don't get it. Uh, it's it's way too high a price. But if Charlotte can get this for a, a, a three for two for their prospects, sure, you mm-hmm. do it. That'd be a, that'd be a home run, I think, for Charlotte. But I don't see the Warriors doing this. Okay, what do you think, TK? I think that this is a good trade. This is a, a B to me. I don't love giving up Moody either, but it's like calico cut pants. You gotta give. You gotta give. You gotta give if you want to get something back. The young guys haven't performed for the Warriors this year. The veterans were instrumental to the title last season. Nemanja Bjelica, yep. Otto Porter, Gary Payton. I mean, the players that the that the Warriors would be return getting back: PJ Washington, Jalen McDaniels, and Mason Plumlee aren't like huge names. But if you say stretch big, long wing, large body, those are all helpful types off the bench. And more importantly, it saves your starting lineup minutes for the rest of the regular season the Warriors starting lineup is awesome they're just going to need a couple of guys who can sop up minutes come playoff time they're already up to sixth right now 
I'm out on Wiseman, personally, so I don't really think the Warriors are giving up much here. And if Moody was playing well this season, if he was really in the rotation, they wouldn't be looking to upgrade. But I think the Warriors have a chance to win the title. As we know, Draymond is basically saying this is the last dance. The writing's on the wall. I might be gone next year. The Warriors need to do everything they can to try and win as many titles while Steph Curry's still in his prime. So I think that, yeah, it's a bummer to give up on Moody so quickly, but you're giving up something to increase your title chances just a little bit, and I think it would be worth it for the Warriors. All right, final one, guys. Lakers and Magic. We had to throw a Lakers trade in, right? Lakers receive Terrence Ross. Yes, we finally trade him from the Orlando Magic. In exchange... It's not a whole lot. Patrick Beverly, who in theory could just be even waived, and then he could go sign again with the Wolves. Uh, and a 2023 second round pick. It, do you even have an opinion on this trade? <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know this is one we were talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. This one just felt, this just feels like a real NBA trade that, <laughs> that we could see. That's why I wanted to include yeah. it. Well, the Lakers <laughs> would do it in a heartbeat. The Lakers would do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for them. Uh, Terrence Ross. On a team with some aspirations, that'd be nice for him. Uh, but right. uh, you know, if 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 the Spurs can get two first rounders for a, a former first a former Raptor in Yaka Fertile, uh, the Magic can hope for one first round pick for Terrence Ross. I oh, guess so. That really, happening. that would have hap- that would have happened <laughs> yeah. in the last two years if that's possible. I think at this point, yeah, probably not. But you know, we're we're working Jakob for two. Try for one, uh, but a second round pick. Yeah, of course the Lakers would make this deal. Mm-hmm. Trey? Well, send it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call, call it in. Call, call it in, and then uh, then we can talk about who's picking up Patrick Beverly on the buyout market. Yeah, right. Be the hottest buyout market guy in the game. Oh, there you go. All right. There's five trades from Bobby Marks. Uh, grade them away. If you're listening to the podcast, tweet him. Uh, tweet your thoughts in to at No Dunks Inc. or let us know here in the stream team or the YouTube comments. If you enjoyed that segment, grade that trade. Bobby's got 25 other trades. I could pick some more for tomorrow for crying out loud on the Drop Podcast. Run it back. You tell us. Uh, but we're gonna take our final break when we come back. Pick'em results and a very lengthy tweet of the night exchange. Don't go anywhere. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds, sure, but maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response why i'm a big emoji responder love a hang loose hand or a salute but man it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back ouch we all carry around different stressors big and small when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, last night's game was the Hawks-Mavs in our pick'em. Dallas was uh, the favorites by three and a half, so they had to win by four more. They couldn't even win. Atlanta. (laughs) W. 
Oh, the stink of me rubbing off on Trey Kirby, who is hot, hot, hot. But Tass got it done. Uh, you improved to six and six, so five hundred there, basically just like the Hawks, right? And uh, I'm three and nine. Trey's nine and three. What's tonight's game? Finals rematch. Ooh. Warriors going to visit the Boston Celtics. Celtics are favored by six point five points. Too many points, I say. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're taking. That's a chunk. <laughs> They're gonna lose by eighty. Well, they they did play earlier in the season. Forgot that they did play. The Warriors took care of business in Golden State. They did, did they? Yep. No, they're good at home. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Trey and I think that the Celtics will win by seven or more. Skeets, you got the uh, Warriors to lose or win. Sure, sure. Which has happened a lot in our pickums. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone whoever takes that dog, thinking you just got to cover, yeah, they just right. end up winning. That happens a lot. Uh, let's get to tweet of the night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Tweet. Ah. Okay, the tweet of the night, it actually started a day prior. And it started with Stan Van Gundy. At real Stan VG. On Wednesday, tweeted, 90s NBA teams had just a trainer and a strength coach. They practiced more often and harder and played more back-to-backs. Teams now have huge medical and performance staffs and value rest over practice. Yet injuries and games missed are way up. Something's not working. Just a fire tweet there from Stan Van. Well, Kevin Durant saw it, and he said, Stan's spitting. He's agreeing with him. That's nice of KD. (laughs) Well, Stan wrote back, No! I'm not criticizing players. I'm saying that we are getting something wrong in how we prepare and train players. We can't do anything about injuries like yours. Talking to KD. He fell on your leg. But all of these groin and hamstring injuries, etc. shouldn't be happening as much as they are. So KD had to respond, Stan, I agree with you. <laughs> and then threw out an LOL. And then a lot of people, including East River Heron, jumped in to tell Stan, hey, Stan, spitting means you're speaking facts. To which Stan replied, had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, sometimes it's very easy when it comes to the tweet of the night. You don't need to overthink it because this one had uh, everybody writing blog posts and sharing it and chiming in and laughing. Um, you know, Stan learned something. And uh, I don't think we have the time right now. We could get into Stan's actual first tweet and uh, whether you agree or disagree with that. But KD did. And then <laughs> Stan was still upset because he thought he didn't because he didn't know what, uh, you know, spitting. Spitting, was spitting. All, spitting was all about. Which, I mean, I guess an older man in Stan Van Gundy, spitting. It's like, that's gross. I spit on that. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> That's what he's thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel like Jeff Van Gundy knew what spitting meant, though. Yeah. He would know. He's a, he's more up-to-date on his slang. <laughs> I tend to think. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is just nice. It's <laughs> just good, man. I love to see a, a funny interaction. Yeah. Stan People agreeing out there. He made a mistake, though. Like He would just assume that spitting is negative. Why wouldn't he Google it? Like what spitting? <laughs> like look up the Urban, Urban Dictionary. Dictionary. Stan spitting. Yeah, he just assumes. Stan spitting facts. Nah. Well, I think he's, I guess, here's I, why he's, he's assuming. He's a, he's a Twitter guy. People come at him. He's got strong takes. Yeah, not, yeah. On, not only on basketball but on the political world. So yep. people come at, at him. Yeah, yeah. And so he's just assuming. No one's friendly on Twitter. Kevin Durant just coming <laughs> yeah, at me yeah. and, and trying to slap me up. Well, yeah, and also to add to that, he's you know this is a. I don't. I mean, controversial. I don't know, but this is a bit of a take here from Stan Van, making again a bit of a valid point. And then he's saying this, and then a player is responding. So I think he's immediately thinking, well, the player, especially the guy who's dealt with injuries, who's actually injured right now, is going to come back in defense of the players. But larger, Katie swerved, and he's actually agreeing with him. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, sure. Right. And uh, you know, maybe Katie should have put Stan spitting facts. Should have added facts. At the end. No, 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 no. The youth doesn't need to change the way they talk for the okay, oldies. Okay. Let them live, man. Also, well, we, Kevin Durant's we got there. Yeah. The youth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like spitting. Spitting made a new one, Stan. How old's uh, Stan Van Gundy? 63. Is he? Yes. And he is uh, younger than Jeffrey? Uh, or older? I think he is younger than Jeffrey. Yeah? I'm looking it up. Jeff Van Gundy's age is uh, 61. Jeff's younger. Jeff's then stand the man. That's... <laughs> so that makes sense. He would have known what spitting is. He's spitting. Oh. <laughs> Are you spitting right now? Wow, who looks 
older or younger. I feel like Stan Van looks younger than Jeff Van Gundy to me. I don't know why. It really is a coin flip. Hair, That's a coin flip? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could be either. Oh, you're flipping? <laughs> you're flipping spit? You're saying this is not a Leo Routens, Jack Armstrong situation here. As surprising yeah. as that one is, you, you're thinking Leo is the younger between mm-hmm. the two, but Jack actually is. You think this uh, one's a wash? Almost I, basically, I, they could be I, twins. I, yeah, it feels like uh, Jeff's been around longer. So he, definitely, that's so, why. Yeah, Jeff's been around longer. He's been a coach. Head he was coach a coach first. longer. Was he was he? coaching mid nineties. I don't coaching. think Stan got a got his first job until much Miami later. Right? Mm. <laughs> uh, the Miami Heat later, later oh, on. Four is when Stan Van Gundy became a head coach for the first time. 2003-2004. Wade's rookie year. So, uh, yeah, that's why uh, (laughs) you assume Jeff is older. But Stan is not. Who do you think... Stan could kick his ass in game of 101, though. Do you believe that? We've seen Stan's handles... Can't remember seeing a lot of clips of Jeff Van Gundy with the with the ball. Jeff can play. Scrappy. Jeff can play. It'd be a heck of a game. He was I think. A, they always show the that old ancient black and white photo of him yeah, being exactly. a PG, oh, yeah. a yeah, point right. guard at some high school. Right, yeah. I think it was a high school. He could play. Who you got in a game of one on one? You got. That's the real question. Stan Van Gundy or Jeff Van Gundy? <laughs> that should be an All Star Weekend. <laughs> wow, event. that's a, that sounds like an All Star Weekend event awesome. actually. People that, would tune in to see that. That was a Hall of Fame photo. Can you click back on your browser there? Yeah, you like this one? one? Oh, my God. That's an incredible. Uh, let, me, let me get it so that JD can see it here. I'm sure he's going to want to cast this. Okay. This is pretty important. Wow. Uh, yeah. So just let me tap dance a little so we can. Okay, we're casting. We're casting, yeah, baby. All right. Good work. For... Well, let's see it. Yeah, we got Nazareth or Nazarene. Isn't that? Um, Nazareth, yeah, I think so. That's where Jeff. Jeff Van Gundy played. And he's guarding a guy from Fisher. Mm. <laughs> And yeah. the Fisher player. That's a good look. That's wow, a good I look mean, from this guy. That's good job, guys. Way to get that up for everybody here on YouTube. Yep. There's a good reps for Ash. Good Man, reps. It's weird to see Jeff Van Gundy with hair. Yeah. He's why. been that's, bald that's forever. Difference. Exactly. That's why you think he's older. <laughs> when did he go bald? Was he like a 22 year old? After bald they took guy? his picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took it off. Just I, fell right up. I did see this photo cropped without the hands, so it was a little bit better without the hands. So you can just imagine where they see like you that. See yeah. That one? But it, well, yeah, let's see that one. We got time. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is it. Just a slightly closer oh, version God. of the picture. For this can't be possible. All right. Okay, it is. You're right. See? Yeah, the hands up. No, it's better. Just the, the facial uh, reactions from both these guys. Both got caught doing yeah, something. Yeah, Who's yeah. that Fisher guy look like? Like, He's got like a D'Antoni meets Phil Jackson vibe yeah, to sure. me. Yeah. If you melded them together. He's got Cody from Survivor. I hate to bring up Cody from Survivor again, but he looks like it could be his dad. Who, something. the Fisher guy? The Fisher guy. Really? No. That's a, that's a heavy brow. <laughs> that's a heavy, yeah. oh, yeah. well-sculpted brow. It looks like you painter. could like uh, rip off all three, like two eyebrows and his mustache. They just look like fake like felt. <laughs> it could yeah. be, man. I all agree. Right. Great photo there cool, of cool. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy. Let me get like an even Balling. closer one. Well, yeah. okay, hold on. Could you close. give me the Stan Van Gundy uh, sitting on a bike badass pose while, okay. while we're showing Van okay, Gundy Okay, photos? sure. Why not? I mean, we'll end with that. How I, close do you want it um, cro- <laughs> cropped? No, I question. need like the – I sort of need the whole setting, you know? Oh, it feels like uh, there's people behind far. him and there's like so the many... sun is setting a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I got you. So tough, man. Badass, this one. Okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Stop casting. I gotta cast this tab. Gotta cast that tab. Here okay. we go. Here we go. Oh yeah, that's it. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Stan Van Gundy rolling up to his pickup game against his brother. Let's oh. fucking go, Jeff. <laughs> 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 what an awesome photo, man. That's. It is an awesome photo. I mean, if they ever have like photo. just straight up best photos in the M- in NBA history, like in the Hall of Fame, put that one. That's first ballot to me. <laughs> top seventy five photos of all time. All right. Was it time? That's one like, of them. Like, hey, we're going out at sunset to take photos of Stan. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's magical. Pistons. It is. Any other requests? Uh, no. Let's, let's call it there. You got to like, end with that perfect one. Bill Van Gundy. Uh, guys, get your Salt Lake City tickets. February seventeenth. It's a Friday night. The Urban Lounge. Hit that link in the description of the show and come join us uh, and if you want to get a VIP ticket you can do that as well costs a little bit more but you got the meet and greet before the show preferred seating all that jazz ha! I get it 
Android dog eats your heart out. Okay, we will see you tomorrow for the Drop Podcast live at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until then, Clipper Bro! You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Magic Johnson's wife's name is Cookie. Brace the day, people. Thank you.